ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد Today then, we're going to begin with the name Al-Wahhab. And this is something you will hear quite often. The name Al-Wahhab from the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so you will hear the names of the people as Abdul Wahhab. Famous, like you hear of the Shaykh. Al-Shaykh Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab. So today we will have a look at the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Al-Wahhab. And this in English would basically mean the one who bestows, the one who gives and bestows. It is a name that is mentioned in the Qur'an in three different locations. The name Al-Wahhab is mentioned in the Qur'an in three different places. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned in Ali Imran, رَبَّنَا لَا تُزِغْ قُلُوبَنَا بَعْدَ إِذْ هَدَيْتَنَا وَهَبْ لَنَا مِنْ لَدُنْكَ رَحْمَةٍ إِنَّكَ أَنْتَ الْوَهَّابِ That is one example. Also in Surah Sad, أَمْ عِنْدَهُمْ خَزَائِنُ رَحْمَةِ رَبِّكَ الْعَزِيزِ الْوَهَّابِ that is another example, Surah Sad, ayah number 9. And also regarding the dua of Sulaiman, alayhi salam, also in Surah Sad, ayah number 35, قَالَ رَبِّ اغْفِرْ لِي وَهَبْ لِي مُلْكًا لَا يَنْبَغِي لِأَحَدٍ مِّن بَعْدِي إِنَّكَ أَنْتَ Al-Wahhab That is Sad 35 So those are three examples or three places Where the name Al-Wahhab is mentioned in the Qur'an And it's important to understand and to learn the meaning of this name Not just for the purposes of understanding the meanings like we have of the other names that of course, but on top of that, because of what the people of innovation have done in referring to the people of the Sunnah as Wahhabis. And this is clearly a great error from those individuals to make this type of title or name Wahhabis And they have no idea, more than likely the majority of them have no idea 
what this name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala means. And if they knew, then they would not be using these kinds of names to make nicknames out of for other people. So Al-Wahhab, it is the one who gives generously, the one who bestows upon his creation, huwa kathirul hiba wal the one who is vast and great in his giving, in his giving to his creation. So Allah bestows upon his creation and gives to his creation abundantly. And that is what the meaning of Wahhab is linguistically upon that pattern. Because linguistically when you have the pattern or the scale fa'al in Arabic, which is what this is, wahhab on the pattern sounding like fa'al, then words which are on that pattern in the Arabic language indicate something in a great amount. So al-wahhab isn't just the one who gives, but it is the one who gives abundantly. And that is understood from the speech of the Arabs, the Arabic language. The word fa'al is a word or a pattern in the Arabic language that indicates a great amount, an abundance of something. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who gives to his creation abundantly. يَهَبُ لِعِبَادِهِ مِنْ فَضْلِهِ الْعَظِيمِ يُوَالِي عَلَيْهِمُ النِّعَمِ وَيُوَسِّعُ لَهُمْ فِي الْعَطَاءِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bestows upon his servants from his great virtue. And his blessings are continuous upon his servants. They are continuous blessings constantly upon his servants. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes the affair open for his servants. Makes the affair greater for his servants in terms of the number of blessings and the amount of blessings Allah is constantly giving His servants, then that affair is being expanded in terms of the number of blessings and the amount that they are being given from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that is because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has in His control all of the kingdom and all of the dominion. And so Allah gives to whom He wishes, whatever He wishes. Allah gives to whom He wishes, whatever He wishes. وَهُوَ سُبْحَانَ بِيَدِهِ خَزَائِنُ كُلِّ شَيْءٍ وَمَلَكُوتِ السَّمَاءِ وَالْأَرْضِ وَمَقَالِيدِ الْأُمُورِ 
يتصرف في ملكه كيف شاء فما شاء كان وما لم يشاء لم يكن الله سبحانه وتعالى controls all of the affairs and disposes of the affairs in his creation as he wishes so he gives to whom he wishes whatever amount he wishes and whatever Allah wills occurs and whatever Allah does not will does not occur يُعْطِي مَنْ يَشَاءُ وَيَمْنَعُ مَنْ يَشَاءُ Allah gives to whom He wills and may prevent it from whom He wills لَا مَانِعَ لِمَا أَعْطَى وَلَا مُعْطِيَ لِمَا مَنَعَ There is no one to prevent no one to prevent what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives and there is no one to give what Allah prevents. No one can stop or prevent what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives a person. And no one can give what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has prevented from a person. فَهُوَ سُبْحَانَهُ يَهَبُ لِمَنْ يَشَاءُ مَا يَشَاءُ So Allah gives to whom He wills what He wills. وَلَا تَزَالُ هِبَاتُهُ عَلَى عَبْدِهِ مُتَوَالِيَةٌ And the great blessings and those virtues that Allah gives to His servants, they are constant and continuous. وَعَطَايَاهُ لَهُ مُتَتَالِيَةٌ فِي عَطَاءٍ دَائِمٌ That Allah is constantly giving to His servants and bestowing upon them. وَسَخَاءٍ مُسْتَمِرٍ يَجُودُ بِالنَّوَالِ قَبْلَ السُؤَالِ That Allah may give a person from the blessings before that person even made dua for a specific blessing. Perhaps an individual is bestowed with a blessing and he had not even made dua for that blessing. Allah gives to whom He wishes. مِنْ حِينَ وُضِعَةِ النُّطَفَ فِي الرَّحِمِ فَنِعَمُهُ وَهِبَاتُهُ لِلْجَنِينِ فِي بَطْنِ أُمِّهِ دَارَّةِ from the moment that a person is in the womb of his mother, then from that moment, the blessings of Allah, they begin upon that individual. The blessings of Allah are placed and bestowed upon that individual before he is even an individual. In the womb of his mother, and those blessings they are upon that person. وَرَبَّاهُ بِنِعَمِهِ حَتَّى يَبْلُغَ أَشُدَّهِ And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala nurtures a person until that person then grows up and reaches his strength. يَتَقَلَّبُ فِي نِعَمِ اللَّهِ وَمَوَاهِبِهِ مُدَّةَ حَيَاتِهِ a servant 
is constantly within the blessings of Allah throughout his life. Throughout his life, a person is constantly in one blessing or another from what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has bestowed upon him. وَإِذَا كَانَتْ حَيَاتُهُ عَلَى الْإِيمَانِ وَالتَّقْوَى فَهَذِهِ أَشْرَفُ And if that person, his life, is upon iman and taqwa, then that is the greatest of affairs that Allah has bestowed upon a servant. To be guided to Islam, to be upon iman, to be upon taqwa, that is the greatest of the blessings that Allah bestows upon a servant. And that's why Ibn al-Qayyim, rahimahullah ta'ala mentioned, that the masakeen of this world, the masakeen, the miskeen, they are the ones who left this world, they came or they were alive in this world and then they died and departed from this world without ever tasting, experiencing the sweetest thing in this world. They are the miskeen ones. They are the masakeen, the ones who lived in this world and then departed without ever tasting the sweetest thing in this world. And that is of course, Iman, the ones who were upon this earth and they lived, and then they departed, left, died, and they had never tasted the sweetest thing in this world, and that is Iman. They are the Masakeen Ibn al-Qayyim mentioned. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bestows iman upon a servant and that is the greatest of what can be bestowed upon an individual. وَإِذَا تَوَفَّاهُ اللَّهِ عَلَى ذَلِكَ نَالَ مِنَ الْمَوَاهِبِ أَضْعَافِ أَضْعَافِ مَا كَانَ عَلَيْهِ فِي الدُّنْيَا مِمَّا أَعَدَّهُ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى لِعِبَادِهِ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ الْمُتَّقِينَ مِمَّا لَا عَيْنٌ رَأَتْ وَلَا أُذُنٌ سَمِعَتْ وَلَا خَطَرَ عَلَى قَلْبِ بَشَرٍ And then, for that one whom Allah has bestowed with the greatest of blessings, the blessing of Iman, that one, if he then dies upon that iman, dies upon tawheed, then in the afterlife, he will be given an amount that is multiplied by a huge amount, multifold of that which he was given in this world, in terms of paradise and its blessings. The one who dies upon that iman that Allah bestowed upon him in this world, then he will be given and bestowed upon 
with affairs that are in multiplications, greater and greater and greater amounts of that which he received in this world, from that which no eye has ever seen, and no ear has ever heard, and neither has it occurred upon the heart of a person, from the bliss of paradise, وَقَدْ ذَكَرَ اللَّهُ عَزَّ وَجَلْ فِي الْقُرْآنِ الْكَرِيمِ أَنْوَاعًا مِنْ هِبَاتِهِ وَذَكَرَ تَوَجُّهُ أَنْبِيَائِهِ وَالصَّالِحِينَ مِنْ عِبَادِهِ إِلَيْهِ فِي طَلَبِهَا وَنَيْلِهَا And Allah has mentioned in the Qur'an the different types of things that He has bestowed upon creation. And in particular upon the believers, and in particular how the prophets and messengers made dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and the righteous made dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to be bestowed with those affairs. So there are examples of this, various ayat, for example, in Surah Maryam, وَوَهَبْنَا لَهُمْ مِنْ رَحْمَتِنَا وَجَعَلْنَا لَهُمْ لِسَانَ صِدْقٍ عَلِيَّا We granted to them from our mercy that Allah bestows upon His creation, Allah bestows upon His servants His mercy. And we know that the mercy of Allah encompasses everything, all of creation, including the kuffar, including the non-Muslims. They receive the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala too. The food that they eat and the water that they drink and the clothes on their back and the homes they live in, the air that they breathe, they receive the mercy of Allah in that way too. But then of course, there is a mercy that is specific to the believers. And that is the mercy that Allah bestows upon the believers in guiding them to the truth, and then guiding them by His mercy too. Paradise in the afterlife. And there are other examples in the Quran also, uh, where it speaks about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bestowing upon His believing servants, upon the prophets and the messengers. Uh, there's an example where one of the prophets says, and you can tell us which one, وَهَبْ لِي مُلْكًا لَا يَنْبَغِي لِأَحَدٍ مِّن بَعْدِي إِنَّكَ أَنْتَ الْوَهَّابِ When one of the prophets had made the dua to Allah, وَهَبْ لِي And bestow upon me, grant me a kingdom that no one after me should have. Indeed, you are الوهاب. That was the dua made by Sulaiman alayhi salam. And these are examples in the Qur'an 
where the prophets and messengers, they made dua to Allah to be bestowed with something, to be granted something. There's examples, وَوَهَبْنَا لَهُ إِسْحَاقَ وَيَعْقُوبَ That we bestowed upon him Ishaq and Ya'qub and various other examples also. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions all of the servants generally, not just the prophets and messengers, but all of his servants generally, and how Allah bestows upon them. One example of that is with children. So it mentions in the Qur'an, يَهَبُ لِمَن يَشَاءُ إِنَاثًا That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bestows upon whom He wills, females, girls, baby girls. وَيَهَبُ لِمَن يَشَاءُ And He grants and bestows upon whom He wills, males, baby boys. أَوْ يُزَوِّجُهُمْ ذُكْرَانًا وَإِنَاثًا Or that Allah may give them boys and girls. And وَيَجْعَلُ مَنْ يَشَاءُ And Allah makes whom He wills barren. But they do not have children. As we said, Allah gives to whom He wills and may not give to whom he wills, prevents and gives as he wishes to whomsoever he wishes. So there are some whom Allah bestows upon them with just daughters. There are people where they only have daughters, the family, the father and the mother, they only have daughters, all of their children. And there are some where they only have sons, no daughters. And there are some where they have sons and daughters. And there are some who are not given that, they are not granted children, and they are not bestowed with children. And there are some who fall into that category. Allah gives to whom He wills. Some may be only daughters, some may be only sons, and some may be sons and daughters, and some may be none. So that is all in the control of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَمَنْ مَنَّ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ بِالْوَلَدِ وَأَكْرَمَهُ بِصَلَاحِهِ عَلَيْهِ أَنْ يَحْمَدَ الْوَهَّابِ Subhanahu ala ifdalihi wa in'amihi. So whomsoever has been blessed and granted children, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made his children righteous, then that person should praise Al-Wahhab. Praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the one who granted him the righteous offspring. كَمَا ذَكَرَ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى ذَلِكَ عَنْ نَبِيِّهِ إِبْرَاهِيمِ عَلَيْهِ السَّلَامِ Just as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
mention that regarding Ibrahim alayhi salam. When Ibrahim alayhi salam, it is mentioned about him, Alhamdulillahilladhi wahaba li ala al-kibari Ismaila wa Ishaq. Inna Rabbi lasami'u al-du'a. When he says that all praise is to Allah, the one who bestowed upon me and granted me in my old age, Ismail and Ishaq. So Ibrahim alayhi salam praises Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for that which Allah bestowed upon him in his elderly age bestowed upon Ibrahim the sons Ismail and Ishaq inna rabbi dua indeed my lord is the one who hears and answers the dua walhamdu nafsuhu hiba tahtaju ila hamd rawa ibn abi dunya fi kitab ash-shukr عن بكر بن عبد الله المزني قال ما قال عبد قط الحمد لله إلا وجبت عليه نعمة بقوله الحمد لله فما جزاء تلك النعمة جزاؤها أن يقول الحمد لله فجاءت أخرى وَلَا تَنْفَدُ نِعَمُ اللَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلَ It is mentioned from Bakr ibn Abdullah al-Muzani that there is not a servant who ever says Alhamdulillah. There is not a servant who ever says Alhamdulillah except that there is a blessing upon him. And so what is the recompense of that blessing that you are then given, that you then repeat and say once again upon that blessing, Alhamdulillah. And so then another one comes, and so you again praise Allah. And this is from showing gratitude and thankfulness for the blessings that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given an individual You say Alhamdulillah upon the blessing and so you are given another blessing. And so you say Alhamdulillah upon that blessing and you are given another blessing. The one who is grateful to Allah, then Allah increases and gives him more. And that's why the scholars they speak about the issue of envy, the hasad. Envying others, this disease which started from the time of Iblis himself. Iblis was the first one to envy. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created Adam alayhi salam and then said to all of the angels prostrate. وَإِذْ قُلْنَا لِلْمَلَائِكَةِ اسْجُدُوا لِآدَمَ فَسَجَدُوا إِلَّا إِبْلِيسَ أَبَا وَاسْتَكْبَرَ When Allah said, we said to the angels, prostrate to Adam, 
And so they all prostrated except Iblis Abba was takbara. He refused and he was haughty and arrogant from the disbelievers because of envy. He envied Adam alayhi salam. He believed that he should have the superiority, not Adam. He believed that he was created from fire and Adam was created from clay, that this should make him superior. And in reality, as Sheikh Abdul Rahman Sa'di said, it is the opposite. Clay and soil and sand, they are superior to fire, because when fire touches something, it destroys it. Whereas the soil, when that touches the seeds, it grows them and brings out the vegetation and the fruits. And so there are great benefits from that soil. Whereas the fire, when it touches the ground, it touches the trees, it touches the seeds, destroys them. So it is not the case as Iblis considered that fire is superior to this clay. So he envied Adam alayhi salam upon what Allah had bestowed upon Adam alayhi salam and so refused to prostrate. And then this disease of envy carried on and it continued into mankind. So the two sons of Adam, Habil and Qabil, when they gave their obedience forth and their sacrifice forth and it was only accepted from one of them and not the other and it is differed over which of the names it was accepted from and which it was not but the point being one of them was accepted and the other was not so the one whom it was not accepted from he envied his brother until he ended up killing him and so Sheikh Al-Fawzan said the first murder, the first killing that occurred in mankind occurred because of envy. And then at the time of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the Jews, Al-Yahud, who knew of the coming of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and they were upon knowledge regarding these affairs, yet they turned on purpose a blind eye to that, and refused to accept Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam as the final messenger, because of envy. They had desired that the final messenger should come from their lineage, and yet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam came from the lineage of the Arab. They had desired that he comes from their lineage. And so from envy, they rejected him. And so it is their envy that led them to reject the truth. These are some of the consequences of envy. So now when we're talking about how Allah bestows Upon his servants, what he wishes, to whom he wishes. 
then a person should recognize that this disease of envy has no place. If you see someone has been blessed with a greater amount than you have been blessed with, or has been blessed with something in particular that you have not been blessed with, then there is no place for envy in that scenario. Because you know Allah is Al-Wahhab. He bestows and grants upon whom He wishes. And so it is upon you to make dua and ask Allah to put blessing into what your brother has been granted. And ask Allah to bless what He has bestowed that person with. And... Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make dua for you to be granted and blessed that same thing. That is the way of the true believer. Not that you see someone with something that you desire and you have not got, so you envy that person upon his blessing, and you hate that he has that blessing, because what is the definition of envy? What is the definition of envy? The definition of envy is that you desire, in reality, that you desire your brother loses the blessing he's been given because you haven't got it. That is you envying him. Your envy is your desire that he shouldn't have that. You hope that he loses that because you haven't got it. You are envying him over what he's been given from his blessings. But instead you should recognize Allah is Al-Wahhab. And Allah answers the dua of the one who calls upon him. And so you ask Allah to bless what your brothers and sisters have been given. And then you make dua that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blesses you with the same as what has been blessed to your brothers and sisters and others. And that is similar to the hadith that speaks about how Allah grants the dua and listens and hears the dua of all of those who call upon Him with their needs. And that brings us on to the next name of Allah which will discuss that dua under the name As-Sami'ah.
So the next name here is As-Sami'ah. That Allah is the all-hearing. And within this, connected to that previous section, we can mention the hadith, uh, Al-Qudsi narration, Al-Hadith Al-Qudsi, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions about the humans and the jinn. That if all of them were to make dua to Allah, every single one of them, Allah could answer every single one of them and give every single one of them what they desire and what they ask for. And that is in the narration where Allah says, Ya ibadi, law anna awwalakum wa akhirakum wa insakum wa jinnakum qamu ala sa'idin wahid. That, O oh my servants, if the first of you and the last of you, from the humans of you and the jinn of you, were all upon one plane, فَسَأَلُونِي And then all of them were to ask me, all of the jinn, from the first of them to the last of them, all of the humans from the first of them to the last of them. Everyone, if they were to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, وَأَعْطَيْتُ كُلَّ وَاحِدٍ مَسْأَلَتَهِ And Allah says, if I was to give every single one of them what they asked for, مَا نَقَصَ ذَلِكَ مِن مُلْكِ شَيْئًا إِلَّا كَمَا يَنْقُصُ الْمِخْيَطُ إِذَا غُمِسَ فِي الْبَحْرِ That if I was to give every single one of them what they ask for, it would not decrease from my kingdom anything except like that of a needle that is dipped into the ocean. A needle, when you dip it into the ocean and then bring it out, that little drop of water falls off the needle. What have you done to the water levels of the ocean with that? Absolutely nothing. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions the example that if every single one, and we're not just talking about the humans alive now, the billions who are alive now, from the beginning of them to the end, and not just the jinn who are now upon this earth, from the beginning of them to the end, and they came before even the humans, all of them, if they were to ask Allah for their dua, their specific need, then Allah says, if I was to give all of them what they desired, it would not decrease from my kingdom anything. And this again highlights that envy has no place in the heart of a believer. If your brother has been blessed with something, a greater amount of an affair, a greater luxury in an affair, some other type of blessing that you've not been given, then there is no place for envy in your heart against your brother. That is from the way of Iblis. Rather, 
You ask Allah to bless what your brother has, and then you ask Allah to give you that blessing likewise, that you be bestowed with what your brother has been bestowed with. And so that hadith is an example regarding Allah being al-Wahhab, and it is an example of Allah being as-Sami'. That every person, so consider, all of the people just even today who are alive, let alone from the past, how many different languages do all of those people speak? And then if you add history into it, languages that are now extinct, languages that are now no longer spoken, no matter what the language no matter what the dialect, no matter what speech, any of the servants, they raise their hands, they make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then Allah hears them all. Allah hears them all and answers them. In the Qur'an, it also mentions the name As-Sami'ah, Allah being the all-hearing on many occasions, approximately 50, five zero, approximately 50 times in the Qur'an, it mentions Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala being the all-hearing. One of those examples, an easy one to remember as an evidence in Surah Shura 11, لَيْسَ كَمِثْلِهِ شَيْءٍ وَهُوَ السَّمِيعُ الْبَصِيرُ That there is nothing like unto Allah, but He is the all-hearing and the all-seeing. And the hearing of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala encompasses every sound, every voice, every language, all of it is within the hearing of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the musnad of Imam Ahmad and other than him from Aisha radiyallahu anha she said Alhamdulillahilladhi wasi'a sam'uhu al-aswat All praises to Allah whose hearing encompasses all of the sounds. لَقَدْ جَاءَتِ الْمُجَادِلَةِ إِلَى النَّبِيِّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ تُكَلِّمُهُ وَأَنَا فِي نَاحِيَةٍ مِّنَ الْبَيْتِ مَا أَسْمَعُ مَا تَقُولُ She said when that woman came to the Prophet وسلم, to complain about her husband, Aisha says, I was in the other side of the house. And I couldn't hear. She said, I couldn't hear what was being said. From that side of the house to this other side of the house, she said, I couldn't make out what was being said. However, فَأَنزَلَ اللَّهُ عَزَّ وَجَلْ But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed the ayah, قَدْ سَمِعَ اللَّهُ قَوْلَ الَّتِي تُجَادِلُكَ فِي زَوْجِهَا وَتَشْتَكِي إِلَى اللَّهُ وَاللَّهُ يَسْمَعُ تَحَاوُرَكُمَا إِنَّ اللَّهَ سَمِيعٌ بَصِيرٌ Aisha radiallahu anha says, she is in the same house 
just on the other corner, on the other side, to where the woman came and spoke to the Prophet about this affair. And she said, I couldn't hear and I couldn't make out what was being said. And yet Allah reveals the ayah that indeed Allah heard the statement of the one who came to complain about her husband. Uh, and Allah mentions at the end, إِنَّ اللَّهَ سَمِيعٌ بَصِيرٌ That Allah is the all-hearing and the all-seeing. So that is an example. Another example, Hadith of Abu Musa al-Ash'ari رضي الله عنه قال كنا مع النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم في سفر أبو موسى الأشعري رضي الله عنه one of the companions he says we were with the prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم on a journey فكنا إذا علونا كبرنا he said when we were on the journey going up hills and going down the hills and in valleys and then up hills. They said, when we were going up, then we would say, Allahu Akbar. We would do the takbir with loud voices. Allahu Akbar. So the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, Irba'u ala anfusikum. Take it easy on yourselves. Irba'u ala anfusikum. Take it easy on yourselves. فَإِنَّكُمْ لَا تَدْعُونَ أَصَمَّ وَلَا غَائِبًا وَلَكِنْ تَدْعُونَ سَمِيعًا بَصِيرًا قَرِيبًا Because you are not. The messenger said to them, take it easy. Meaning you don't need to raise your voices so much. You don't need to raise your voices so much. Take it easy on yourselves. Because you are not calling upon the one who does not hear or is absent, you are calling upon the one who hears and sees and is near. So, you don't need to raise your voices like that. Take it easy. You are not calling upon the one who does not hear. You are calling upon the one who hears and sees and is near. So this again, an affirmation of the hearing of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There's another example in Al-Bukhari and Muslim. Hadith of Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiyallahu anhu qal. Ijtama'a عند البيت قرشيان وثقفي أو ثقفيان وقرشي. كثيرة شحم بطونهم قليلة فقه قلوبهم. فقال أحدهم أترون أن الله يسمع ما نقول؟ قال الآخر يسمع إن جهرنا ولا يسمع إن أخفينا وقال الآخر إن كان يسمع إذا جهرنا فإنه يسمع إذا أخفينا فأنزل الله عز وجل وما كنتم تستترون أن يشهد عليكم سمعكم ولا أبصاركم ولا جلودكم وَلَكِنْ ظَنَنْتُمْ أَنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَعْلَمُ كَثِيرًا مِمَّا تَعْمَلُونَ It mentions this incident where two of the men from Quraysh and one from the Thaqafi uh, tribes, that they were together, or two from the Thaqafi and one from the Qurayshi, they were together uh, and that they were talking and one of them says to the other one, 
Do you think Allah can hear what we are saying? Do you think Allah can hear what we are saying? So the other one, one of them says, He can hear us when we speak out loud, but He cannot hear us when we are quiet and we whisper. He can hear us when we speak out loud, but He cannot hear us when we are quiet. So then the other one said, If He can hear us when we speak out loud, then He can hear us when we are quiet too. If He can hear us when we speak out loud, then certainly He can hear us when we are quiet. And the ayah was revealed in Fussilat number 22, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rebukes this uh, and clarifies to them that they considered they were in secrecy. And in reality, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala hears them. When it comes to the hearing of Allah, you could say there are three main aspects. And we'll conclude upon this. Three main aspects. One aspect of the hearing of Allah is where Allah mentions in the Qur'an that He hears some affair as a threat upon those who were speaking or mentioning certain things. An example, أَمْ يَحْسَبُونَ أَنَّا لَا نَسْمَعُ سِرَّهُمْ وَنَجْوَاهُمْ Do they think we cannot hear their secret speech? Do they think we can't hear that? This now is an affirmation of the hearing of Allah and a threat upon them. Do you think you can conceal anything from Allah? Do you think that we do not hear what you say? Also another example, لَقَدْ سَمِعَ اللَّهُ قَوْلَ الَّذِينَ قَالُوا إِنَّ اللَّهَ فَقِيرٌ وَنَحْنُ أَغْنِيَا That indeed Allah heard the statement of those who said that Allah is poor and we are rich. Allah affirms He heard their statement and it is in the context of a threat upon them that they were making these kinds of claims and these statements that they are rich and Allah is poor. Allah says indeed we heard their claim and their statement that Allah is poor and we are rich. So in some contexts when you see in the Qur'an Allah mentioning that He hears it can be in the context of a threat upon people because of the evil that they are uttering and Allah hears that evil from them. So it is a threat upon them. Another context in the Qur'an when Allah mentions the hearing is in the context of aiding His servants, aiding the believers. And one of the examples of that is regarding the story of Musa and Harun alayhim as-salam when Allah said, إِنَّنِي مَعَكُمَا أَسْمَعُ وَأَرَى That indeed, I am with you both, I hear and I see. Here, when Allah says, I hear and I see, the context of that is to indicate that I am in your aid and support. I am with you, inni ma'akuma asma'u wa ara. I am with you both, Musa and Harun. I hear and I see, meaning I am in your aid and in your uh, support. 
And the third context that you will come across when Allah mentions the hearing is مَا يُقْصَدُ بِهِ بَيَانُ When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is affirming the hearing in the context of clarifying how the hearing of Allah encompasses everything. And the example of that is what we mentioned before, Al-Mujadala ayah number one, regarding the woman who was complaining to the messenger, and that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala heard that, قَدْ سَمِعَ اللَّهُ قَوْلَ الَّتِي تُجَادِلُكَ So this is the three, or these are the three contexts you will see the hearing of Allah being mentioned. And on top of that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala nullified, negated and finished off the claim of the mushrikun or their worship of others besides Allah because one of the main shortcomings of their so-called gods and their so-called deities is of course that none of them can hear a thing. None of them can hear, none of them can speak. And so that indicates they do not have a rububiyyah and they are not deserving of al-uluhiyyah. They cannot even hear you. How can they be deserving of your worship? So Allah mentions this in the Qur'an regarding those other idols of theirs and their deities of theirs, how they cannot hear anything in the debate that Ibrahim salam had with the mushrikun of his people. He mentions to them the weaknesses of their deities. They cannot speak, they cannot do anything. So that all indicates the lack of rububiyyah for them. But the affirmation of the hearing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Next time insha'Allah ta'ala will begin with the next name which is Al-Basir. The all-seeing. Today then it was Al-Wahhab, the one who grants and bestows upon his creation. And As-Sami'ah, the all-hearing who hears everything, every sound, every language, every dua. So next time we'll begin with the name of Allah, Al-Basir, the all-seeing, insha'Allah ta'ala. And we'll conclude upon that for today then. If there's any questions or anything to add, you can do so now. Yeah, when uh, there are some narrations like uh, we just saw here now, when uh, when the Prophet ﷺ said to them that Allah is near. This does not mean that Allah is everywhere, that He's here everywhere. Allah is above the creation. And yet, Allah is near to His creation, and there is no contradiction between them. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is near to His creation. But that does not mean that Allah is everywhere. What about all of the dirty places on this earth, as Shaykh islam ibn Taymiyyah mentioned? How are you going to say Allah is in all of these dirty places? So Allah is not everywhere like that. Allah is above the creation. But Allah is near to His creation. 
Allah being above doesn't mean Allah is distant and far away and you cannot make dua to Him and you will not hear. Rather Allah is still near and hears the dua of everyone and answers the dua of everyone and is in the aid and support of the believers and the muttaqun. Anyone else? It does not. The kingdom of Allah is not decreased at all. If Allah was to give to all of His creation, the kingdom of Allah is not reduced at all. The example of the needle is to highlight how nothing is reduced from the ocean. If you take that needle and the drop that falls off the needle, what have you taken from the ocean as a percentage? You would need... Negligible, impossible to give that any type of quantification. And even that though, it does not mean that that amount is decreased from the kingdom of Allah. It doesn't mean that. The point of that example is to give you an understanding, a recognition that what has this needle taken out from the water? In reality, the answer is nothing. If you were to even give a mathematical percentage, you would have how many millions, maybe billions of zeros before you get to that one. Nothing there to equate, nothing there to calculate with the mass of the water in the ocean and what comes out. So the point of that example is to highlight nothing is reduced from the kingdom of Allah when He gives and answers to all of those who ask for what they ask for. Anybody else? In that case, we'll conclude upon that for today then. Insha'Allah ta'ala, we'll resume in two weeks' time.